You're listening to a podcast from 702. Alani Guala on 702. It is uh, 12 minutes now before 5. All right, then, an open letter written by former ENCA news journalist Paramile Shubi has had tongues mm. wagging over the weekend. It actually has raised a lot of questions about what exactly is happening at ENCA. Just to give you um, a, little, a little bit of uh, some of the things that come out of that letter, it starts off by saying, a letter to the workers at, N- at ENCA. Greetings, comrades. This is the last time that I shall be addressing you. It's a bittersweet moment for me. Many of you have become my friends. Some of you are like my family. Our journey began after senior management, with the blessing of the board, refused to grant us the right to form an employee forum in May last year. They made it clear that any structure which was advocating for workers' rights on the premises was unwelcome. This organization, which was started by unionists, uh, whose majority shareholding is trade union SACTU, was hostile to any form of organized labor. And it goes on, I'm going to continue to another paragraph then that talks about the success of the Duke campaign, and you remember this. It says, the success of the Duke campaign speaks volumes about how far we have come as employees. For the first time, workers at ENCA were emboldened enough to take a public stand against the company's dress code, dress code policy. We were fighting against the culture of exclusion and racism. When you ban headscarves on air, you are excluding African and Muslim women. You are excluding our mothers who struggled to get us, to get us here. We are an African news network broadcasting to Africans on the continent. The current dress code policy does not reflect who we are, and worse, it doesn't reflect the values of the Constitution. Thanks to the public uh, stand taken by us, it's been scrapped. Just a lot of issues coming out here. Let's uh, talk to the journalist concerned, Paramile Shlubi, but shortly afterwards we'll talk to Anton Harbour, who is editor-in-chief at ENCA. Uh, Paramile, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much. So, so much uh, has been said about the letter that you penned. Firstly, I just want your objectives. What is it that you wanted to achieve when you decided to write this letter? What was it on Friday? Mm-hmm. Yes, on my last day. Yeah. So, um, it was a very emotional day. Many of the employees at E were um, extremely upset at the fact that I had resigned and I was leaving. So, even if you, as you read the letter, and I'm glad you started at the beginning. I was literally, that letter more than anything, its purpose was to motivate and inspire the employees and to remind them of where our journey began, how much progress we've made. And, but more, more than anything, it was to encourage them to continue to fight for change. Um, ever since we decided to embark on this uh, project of, um, of, of fighting for our rights at ENCA, we have succeeded uh, in, in changing a lot of things. Um, we may not have succeeded on, on certain other th- goals that we were hoping to achieve, but overall there were many things that we managed to, 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 to change. And that is why I penned that letter, mm. to remind them of their power as employees, but more importantly, um, to send a message to employees uh, who are working in media and as journalists that it is very important for us to speak out about our conditions. It is very important for us to tell the world about our struggles and to engage our management about the issues that are facing us, to be fearless, even if we are not uh, uh, getting the response or, 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 or the, 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 the support that we need. And even if we find ourselves in situations where we are um, vilified or even... Um, 
intimidated for having taken a stand. We okay. should continue to fight. And that was essentially the tone of my letter. Indeed. But of course you touch on issues of racism, you touch on issues mm-hmm. of exploitation, anti-unionism. Please let us in. Uh, what exactly was going on? So um, it is true that the reason we began fighting is because the uh, management at ENCA refused to grant us a workplace forum. And uh, that is, as you know, Dolani, is a basic right. It's enshrined in the labor legislation. And we thought it was very odd, especially considering that this is, in fact, it wasn't just odd. It was done within the context of a culture, a culture that at that time was already anti-union. And I can say this, Polani, because um, there were even instances where certain employees were told outright at induction that they may not join a union. So we were actually trying to fight against that culture. When I talk about racism, I'm not just talking about blatant, um, you know, when people use K-word or racial slurs. We had incidents like that at ENCA. But I was talking also about structural racism, where, for instance, employees earn, if, 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 and I'm giving an example of myself, as a reporter in the newsroom, I know, for instance, that um, my colleague who does exactly the kind of work that I do and is white earns more than I do. So, and it's, and it's unjustifiable. Um, it, it, it speaks to the story really of, it's not just ENCA, but it's about a, a general problem that I perceive in corporate culture where, you know, we, there's a lot of work to do, especially around transformation and dealing with inequality. And um, that is the challenge that is facing ENCA. And okay. as employees, we raise those issues. Let me go back to this issue of anti-unionism culture, because, of course, there are regulations everywhere. And the regulations sometimes say things like you've got to have at least 30 percent of the workforce that is willing to join the union before you start the union. Was it, was it not because of those that you weren't able to start one at the ENCA? Uh, that, hence, I said I was talking about a workplace forum. Okay. which is a, a structure as a body of employees. It doesn't require any legislation. Yes, you're right about uh, the union where there can be a threshold issue, but we started advocating for a union because we were denied an employee forum, because we were denied an, a platform within the company to engage directly with them on issues that affected us. And we felt that it was really important that we have a space where we can hold our employers to account for decisions that they make and, and for things that go on around the newsroom. Um, when I speak about racism, I speak about, for instance, the example of what had occurred with Andrew Barnes when he insulted the minister. You know, that incident is, is, is it's, 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 it's about, it's an expression of white supremacy when you humiliate a black person because of the fact that they can't speak English the way you want them to speak English. And that kind of a culture was uh, frankly endemic at ENCA, but it's not just at ENCA. Um, That has been my experience as a black broadcaster. So um, when we were advocating for transformation, we are are actually wanting for, uh, we're fighting for a change in the culture, a a change where uh, employees, where we embrace all employees, where 
if we call ourselves e-news channel Africa, we embrace what that means. Okay. When you ban headscarves on air, for instance, it speaks against that. So those are some of the issues that we were fighting. I know. Against. I just want to ask you one question before I move to the editor-in-chief, Anton Harbour, who's, who's, who's holding on the other line. The issue is, and you were talking about disparities in terms of the salaries, etc. And some may mm-hmm. be listening to this and saying, well, actually, maybe that, that is the point. You are a disgruntled employee because you weren't getting what you wanted to get. No, and um, you know, um, as I said to you, Kolani, my letter was about encouraging the employees. If you read it, I actually trace a map of how our journey started, what are the things that we achieved along the way. And in that email, uh, in that letter, I was actually saying, guys, if you want to change your conditions, you have to fight. You have to stand up and be vocal. You have to let the world know what your situation is. Nothing will change if you don't say anything. And it was to basically say that we have managed to to change a lot of things at ENCA by virtue of the fact that we stood up. And it was to encourage them to say, keep fighting. And hence, you'll see in my last paragraph, I say, you need to continue to engage management. Okay. And if management refuses to listen, then you know what you need to do. You okay. need to take the fight further. All right, but it was really about um, um, say, highlighting what we'd achieved, but also letting them know that there is hope. But also, more importantly, and I think it's very important for the viewers, or for the listeners to know this. I am a person who's at peace. I made the decision to leave at the time I left because by then I felt that we had done enough to empower the employees and whatever else that needs to take place, they can take forward. All right, Paramita, just hold the line there. Let me, let me turn now to Anton Harbour, editor-in-chief at ENCA. Anton Harbour, nice talking to you again. Thank you very much for your time. Good afternoon and thank you very much. Thanks. Sir. Well, firstly, I must point out that the email makes it very clear that uh, your appointment at E has brought an... In fact, let me just read for the, this paragraph. It says, Anton Harbour's appointment as editor-in-chief has brought an air of openness and engagement which was non-existent previously. When he took the position, Harbour promised to be a champion for transformation and he has spent countless hours engaging employees. So clearly, uh, there's, there's progress where this is concerned. But firstly, I just want to get your sense of um, Paramilet Lubi's comp- Complaints. Do you acknowledge them at all? Um, you know, I'm very saddened that somebody leaving the company should uh, should leave in that way. I must say, um, it, it, I think it has saddened uh, a lot of us in this place. You know, um, she raises issues um, of of, uh, of racism, and um, As far as I can see, uh, you know, every workplace in this difficult and complicated country we have um, has racial issues. Um, I I know of no racial issues, such as the one she cites, the the so-called Andrew Barnes issue, which wasn't dealt with in terms of a disciplinary procedure um, and dealt with fully. I think uh, it is clear... Uh, that, that our view is to confront issues of racism directly, quickly, and, and, and show zero tolerance. Mm. So it's not that, uh, like any workplace, we've had our incidents, but uh, my understanding is that they've been dealt with uh, pretty firmly. But you see, I think the, 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 the issue that she's raising is one of the issues that I get regularly from people from different parts of uh, the sector, uh, corporate, etc. This issue of different pay discrepancies when it comes to pay black and white that you find colleagues doing exactly the same job but because you know black and white they get paid differently well i can tell you that uh, as you know i knew here and yes. i'm reviewing the allegation that that's the case 
Uh, and I can assure you, uh, so far, I haven't seen a case um, of that sort. But if I find one in my review, I can assure you it will be fixed immediately because um, it will be totally contrary to, uh, to what we want to do here, the, both the company and myself. And the other issue then about uh, unionism, about workers' forum, uh, how far are you in terms look, of dealing with that? Look, the, the notion that people were banned from joining a union is, is, is extraordinary because that would be illegal. Um, you, you can't stop people joining a union, so I, I don't know how that could happen. Um, um, it, 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 you, you know, the, the union came and expected to be recognized without it having organized workers. And now that it's organized some workers, there's a discussion about who it represents and whether it should be uh, recognized. And that's the normal procedure, the way things have to happen in terms of the law. Uh, a workplace forum in terms of the Labor Relations Act is, uh, is built around uh, the, the, the prior recognition of, uh, of, of, of a union, of worker representatives, and that wasn't in place. Mm. Uh, we're setting, we, we have, for example, an employment equity forum, and we're setting in place an informal um, staff forum um, because um, there isn't yet, and maybe there will be soon, but there isn't yet a recognized union um, that would uh, form part of a, a formal workers' forum. Okay. Uh, Professor Haber, I just need to ask you this question because I think the context here is very important. The context of this letter is that it happens at a time when all of us are discussing and debating these issues of media freedom, of freedom of yes. expression, of the SABC, etc. So it is really important that we discuss, it doesn't matter where it comes from, it could be coming from Prime Media, it could be coming from ENCA, that those matters must be out there for the public to discuss and interact with. Absolutely correctly. I believe in a free and open newsroom. I can tell you that um, I would not uh, tolerate seeing any views uh, um, repressed in our newsroom. Um, I think there has to be open and free debate. I think that we exercise a public power and we must be accountable and open and answer for what we do. So I have no problem with that at all. Um, even though we're not a public broadcaster, I still think that we have to be open and transparent and accountable for what we do. Okay, to both of you, listen, thank you for your time. Uh, Professor Anton Haber, Editor-in-Chief at ENCA, as well as Paramila Shlubi, former ENCA journalist, thank you for your time.